You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Greetings, fellow believers in our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, many have taught about being prepared for the coming persecution during the tribulation. In this episode, I will emphasize the importance of being prepared spiritually. That is, growing up in the knowledge of the Word of God. Jesus taught his disciples the things concerning the kingdom of God. This of necessity included the subject of his return and fulfillment of the Old Testament Day of the Lord prophecies, of course, as well as the signs of the end of the age. Jesus taught the fact of his return. He taught about events preceding his return. He taught about the physical signs preceding his return and a little bit about what would happen after his return. But also, and I believe more importantly, he taught them about trust. He taught them about focusing on God's character, his love and faithfulness. It is when we truly understand God's character through learning and really believing in the thousands of promises found in the Bible. uh, It is then that we can find true inner confidence, peace and joy. The disciples, as the seed pod for the Church of Christ, were taught information pertinent to them, and of course, through them, as representatives of the Church, information pertinent to the whole Church. The Church, therefore, received as its heritage the teachings of Jesus to the disciples, and as its heritage, Those teachings are pertinent to the church and applicable to the church, just as if they had been directly taught to each member. The significance of this is seen when we discuss the Olivet Discourse. What Jesus taught the disciples was pertinent to them and applicable to them as representatives of the church. And through them, it was pertinent to and applicable to the church as a whole. So what we see in that passage is the history of the church as taught with the disciples in mind and through them with the whole church in mind. And that the history of the church is viewed without interruption until the tribulation of those days will be cut short by the day of the Lord arrival of Jesus. And when the angels of God are sent forth to gather his elect ones out from the four winds of the earth uh, into heaven. The 11 disciples and Paul, as the 12 apostles of the Lamb, were then used by God to pass on this heritage of doctrine, Bible truth, to the church and to add to it as the Holy Spirit provided amplification. And in the amplification of that end times heritage, We have only clear confirmation that the history of the church will progress without interruption into and to the end of that great oppression from the Antichrist.
Now, we learn that the church will be raptured out from this world when Jesus returns. He told us that when the events of the tribulation begin to take place, we should straighten up and lift up the head, as it were, because our redemption is drawing near. And it is at that time that he will pour out the just wrath of the Godhead upon the kingdom of the beast and upon the unbelievers of the whole world. Some people say that an understanding of this prophetical scenario and the rapture is not important. And let me adamantly disagree. If the Lord shall return for his church before the seven-year period of time known in the Bible as the 70th week of Daniel, or indeed before that oppressive reign of Antichrist known as the Great Tribulation, then the church can continue about its business with little concern about the awesome suffering and the oppression that will occur on the earth when, uh, when of course, they're gone. And that is a, a common belief, a common feeling among the vast majority of Christians today. Uh, but I'm speaking very narrowly here. For all throughout history, there have been times when Christians were persecuted and killed for their faith in Jesus. And even now, in various parts of the world, Christians are being persecuted and killed just because they are Christians. These Christians are right now facing the reality of hatred from the world and from Satan. And for them, the fact of spiritual preparation or the failure to prepare is testing the quality of their faith and their devotion to Jesus. Let me continue with a more general focus on those areas of the world where Christians are living in relative peace and comfort and where they face very little, if any, persecution. In these areas, many Christians live in apathy and indifference to spiritual values and have little concern about the possibility of serious persecution. However, most of them are living in misery, frustration, stress. For the sad reality of it all is, most Christians are indeed living a life far removed from the quality of peace and joy that Jesus promised us. However, if Christ shall return while the church is living in the midst of the Great Tribulation, as he said he would in Matthew 24, then it should be clear to most that the church in these areas is ill-prepared to face the nature of that persecution. You know, it's one thing for Christians here in America and other places to be living with an abundance of material possessions and still be miserable and frustrated with life. But it's quite another thing to face the economic controls of the beast, which will place all Christians in a category worse than the homeless, being unable to conduct any financial transactions without the mark of the beast. It is then that the reality of their inner misery will be open and made clear to them, for they'll no longer have the possessions of this life to hide in as an escape from the emptiness in their soul, and they will be unable to take the mark of the beast in an attempt to alleviate those economic woes, because God just won't allow any of his children to accept that mark once they have trusted in Christ as Savior. So their life will be one of wandering or martyrdom or death by divine discipline. And if it is to be a life of wandering, the believer needs to be prepared with Bible truth in his soul. 
God's word in the soul is the only thing that can provide true peace and joy during that time of oppression, or for that matter, any time of crisis in the believer's life. But preparation must be accomplished right now, before the time of oppression arrives, before the time of any crisis in your life arrives. For then it will be too late to stockpile the truth in your soul. We are exhorted to redeem the time because the days are evil. This is a plea to learn what the will of the Lord is and separate our souls uh, to, to, uh, to learning Bible truth. Just as Paul wrote at Romans 12:2, Stop being conformed to this age's viewpoint, but be undergoing transformation by the renewing of the mind so that you can uh, evaluate approvingly what is the will of God, that it is intrinsically good and pleasingly good and sufficiently complete. The best way to do this is to learn from a pastor teacher in a local church. And it is within this context that the writer of Hebrews exhorts us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but uh, we are able to be encouraging one another and to do that to a much greater degree as we see the day approaching. However, I must admit that even though there is some kind of church building on practically every city block, and in fact, some of them take up the entire block, it is very difficult to find a church with good teaching. But the need for spiritual growth, that is, growth in the knowledge and grace of our Lord Jesus, remains just as urgent today as it ever was. And we need to follow the example of Moses that we find at Psalm 90, verse 12. So teach us to assign our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now, to be sure, all throughout history, God has been faithful to provide his truth to those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Indeed, just as he has been faithful to preserve the totality of his written revelation in the 66 books of the Bible. But there have also been times when it was very difficult to find good Bible teaching. Times like that are described by Amos as times of famine. He wrote at 8, 11 through 13. For a famine is coming upon the whole land, not a famine for bread or thirst for water, but rather for hearing the words of the Lord. It seems that even today, the world in general is in a pre-famine condition, for it is difficult to find a local church that teaches the word of God in such a way that the believer is able to grow up in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. Fortunately, there is a lot of good Bible teaching available in books and on the internet, although this does not meet all the benefits of fellowship in a local church. It does provide instruction and guidance for spiritual preparation in order to face all the various temptations and troubles that confront the believer every day. But uh, we have to be careful because not everything that is in print and online is good Bible teaching. At 1 Thessalonians 5.21, Paul exhorts us to examine everything carefully and hold fast to that which is good. There are, to be sure, all kinds of differences in interpretation, some serious and some not so serious. It is the burden on each believer to examine everything in the context of the entire Bible, comparing Scripture with Scripture. Now, don't get me wrong. 
it's great to pray and hope for guidance uh, of the Spirit. But it seems that everyone and his brother claims guidance from the Holy Spirit. And there are still so many areas of disagreement. So it's still left to each of us and our own diligent and comprehensive study of the entire Bible. Paul gave us um, kind of a general principle to follow at Romans 14, 5. He wrote, let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. That's really all we have to stand on is uh, how we each compare all the various scriptures, one with the other. Now, for believers throughout the world, the famine may or may not hit in your geographical location. But one thing is certain. Once the man of lawlessness is revealed and begins his religious and economic system, there will, in fact, be a famine for hearing the word of God. Just as and as Amos continued, the people will stagger from sea to sea and from the north, even to the east. They will go to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. In that day, the beautiful maidens and the young men will faint from thirst. At that time, many Christians will weaken and faint from spiritual thirst because of a hunger and need for the word of God in the soul. But they will find no strength, either within themselves to be at peace or to be a testimony for the truth of the gospel to the many unbelievers who will be faced with the decision to take the mark of the beast or not. The issue then for inner stability and the experience of true peace and joy is the urgency of growing in the word of God. Christians in general seem to know so little about God and about his word, the Bible, and their quality of life is an inferior quality of life in comparison to the abundant life of peace and joy that Jesus promised. But what will happen when the crisis is upon them and they are not prepared to deal with it? Then it seems that the experience of Proverbs 1, 24 through 29 will be a sad reality for many Christians, even as it is, in fact, a very present reality for so many today. The personified wisdom of God declares at Proverbs, because I called and you refused, I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention and you neglected all my counsel and did not want my reproof. I will even laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your dread comes, when your dread comes like a storm and your calamity comes on like a whirlwind when distress and anguish come on you. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. We could add here, remember the famine. Continuing, they will seek me diligently, but they shall not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would not accept my counsel. They spurned all my reproof, so they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled up with their own solutions. Therefore, just as Peter wrote at 2 Peter 3, 17 and 18, you, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard, lest being carried away by the error of unprincipled men, you fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Only through proper spiritual preparation will the Christian who chooses to stand up for Christ as a witness in the face of persecution be able to endure that persecution and face death with peace and joy. Peter wrote at 1 Peter 4.12 and following, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exultation. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you can be happy, because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. But only those who understand the character and plan of God will have the capacity to fully trust him and to face any and every crisis with confidence, peace, and joy. Now, in closing, let me say just a bit about physical preparation. If indeed the persecution of the beast reaches wherever you are, for Christians there will be absolutely no participation in any economic activity. Christians will become the true homeless and destitute. It will be as Jesus indicated for those in Judea. Get out of town as fast as you can. Forget your homes and your cars. Actually, I suppose silver and gold might be useful for acquiring necessity items, even from those who have the mark. Plan for living as scavengers in the cities or roughing it in the woods. So for physical preparation, gain a camping mentality and gather tools and equipment to sustain that lifestyle. But let me suggest that this is for those who have children to protect and care for. For single people and childless couples, the mentality should be for service. We are left here on earth to be ambassadors for Christ. And the experience of the tribulation does not change that at all. So for those who choose to proclaim the gospel in the midst of the persecution, as Peter wrote at 1 Peter 4:19, let those who suffer according to the will of God entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode.